0: We say a lot in church um, that jesus has died for us we talk a lot about the cross we've sung about the cross we think about the cross and i wonder if you've ever tried to share that with someone and it can seem so distant from our daily lives well so what if somebody died two thousand years ago what difference does that make to me now what difference does it make if um You know, somebody has died on a cross, an ancient form of execution. When I'm going through the struggles I'm going through now, it can seem so far apart, so distant. How can we understand the cross? How can we understand the things that are being spoken of there? Well, the gospel writers want us to understand the cross in a particular way because each one of them wants to show us that we need to understand the Passover and the Exodus. To really understand what jesus was doing on the cross because jesus was going to great pains to uh, to have a meal a passover meal with his disciples uh, to help explain what was about to happen so for us to understand and make the connection between today and um, and the cross we need to understand something that happened even further uh, long ago at the passover and so this psalm helps us to understand the story of the Exodus. It helps us to see how God's people were saved from Egypt. So as we understand this psalm, it'll help us to understand why Jesus had to die. Now again, we throw into the mix that as well, that actually Jesus would have sung this psalm with his disciples as he was having this Passover meal, then it shows us on an even deeper level just uh, what was going on in the, on the heart, in the heart and mind of Jesus at that, that time as well. So the exodus, what happened thousands of years ago, how God's people were set free from Egypt, can help us to understand the cross and can show us the relevance of that for today. But even now we can be thinking, well, what difference does the exodus make to our lives? Well, the word exodus means way out. It means salvation. Perhaps this morning you're struggling with sadness or suffering or pain. And you're longing for a way out you're longing for an exodus perhaps this morning you feel burdened with guilt and shame and you're longing for a way out maybe this morning you just long to be free from um, different struggles and battles that you have habits that you can't change and you're longing for a way maybe this morning you are just weighed down and burdened with hopelessness and despair and darkness and you are longing for a way out maybe you have struggles of doubts and questions and you want a way out maybe worry and concern about friends or family and you want a way out you want to be saved you want to be rescued from it maybe you're this morning fearing your own mortality and death is scary and you want a way out is there any hope beyond the grave or maybe you just long for a better world a better life a better hope a better future you need a way out can you see that the Exodus that word is deeply relevant for each one of us we're all longing for it in this room and outside of this room as well we're long for a way out a salvation from our situations and so the God of the Bible is a God of Exodus a God of way out a God of salvation and so, as we look at this, it's going to help us to see that there is hope for us in whatever our situation this morning. So, what does this psalm show us about God's salvation? What does it tell us about Him? Well, we're going to look at this psalm, and as we go through it, we'll listen to it. Because um, it's a song, remember. We'll listen to it. Imagine it being sung um, for the first time. You know, sung, and what is it telling us? But then, we're going to listen to it again and to see well what does it sound like when jesus sings it no it's like um like his cover version as it were you know people cover these songs don't they? It like, is an old song i'm gonna make it my own well in the same way we'll look to the psalm we'll see what what it tells about god's salvation through the eyes of the exodus but then we'll listen to it with jesus singing and just see the the depth and the richness that is to it so what does this teach us about god's salvation about the exodus about the way out first of all this psalm shows us the promise of Salvation the promise of Salvation look at verse 1 when Israel went out from Egypt now there in, in a few words let's pause a minute what's that talking about well we've thought about it earlier in our Bible overview but remember what does that mean Israel being taken out of Egypt but remember let's go back to the beginning of the Bible God created us and created this world to enjoy with Him. But we walked out on him and we have decided to go our own way and the world fell apart the world broke the world was fallen and so god said well i'm not going to ignore you i'll I'll leave you to your own mess i'm going to send a rescuer i'm going to send a savior i'm going to send someone to crush the serpent's head that's what i'm going to send And he's going to be from the offspring of Eve. And so we look out for the offspring of Eve, for the one who's going to come, the serpent crusher. And God comes and he speaks to different people. He comes to Abraham and he says, Abraham, through you, there's going to be a great nation. And through that nation, there's going to be one who's going to bless the whole world. He says in Genesis 15 to Abraham, look up at the sky, count the stars. If you can count them, so shall your offspring be how big your nation's going to be Abraham through you and from you the whole world is going to be blessed so we follow Abraham's line, and we come to uh, Isaac and he has two sons and we see that Jacob then has 12 sons and then they end up being moved to Egypt because of the famine and this family of promise grows and grows and grows so big that the superpower of the day Egypt the big man there Pharaoh is terrified of them because they're taking over you know the new pharaoh after joseph remember didn't know who joseph was and so he saw these people and that he treated them horribly as slaves they were oppressed and so as he looked on this growing group of immigrants he feels threatened by them and because of that he was worried they were going to take over and he says right we need to do something about them so he imposed horrendous working conditions they were his slaves but they kept on growing and so he ordered this massacre of the baby boys they kept on growing the oppressed people kept on growing kept on growing and they were a great nation God's promises were being kept but then that people cry out to God help us don't you see what's happening here God heard he sends Moses he saves and he rescues and they're set free See, verse 1 says, when Israel came out of Egypt, there's a lot there, isn't there? But what it's telling us is this. God kept his promise to look after his people, and he's keeping his promise to bring his people to the promised land. And nothing was going to get in the way of that promise. Nothing was going to stop it. However weak God's people might have felt and looked compared to Egypt, God was going to work his purposes out. So he rescues uh, the house of Jacob, his people, from Egypt. That's why it says um, from the house of jacob from a people of a strange language you know the egyptians they didn't they spoke a different language to god's people not just kind of linguistically you know with their actual language but as well just their life and their worship was so different their life was so different but god was setting them free was bringing them out from his people so as the uh, people would have sung this as the jews would have sung this psalm at passover they'd have sung the, when israel went out from egypt the house of jacob from a people of a strange language they were remembering god kept his promise now as we kind of hear the, that verse that line sung by jesus can you see how it shows us more of him jesus sings about the children of israel being brought out of egypt well what do we remember about jesus life well when he was born there was a massacre of babies as well wasn't there and herod said i went all uh, children uh, uh, baby boys born and the two to be killed and so where did they flee they fled to egypt and out of egypt then he came back he was following the path of god's people he was following their footsteps and not only that but the reason god had uh, had to rescue his people was because he wanted to be kept his promises and so the offspring of eve we're on the lookout for The one through whom, through Abraham's offspring, was going to bless the whole world we're looking out for. And the king was coming to set his people free. And Jesus sings these words. And he is the answer. He is the promised one. He is the one they've been waiting for. He is the one who could set us free. The promised one. The greater Moses. You see, as Jesus sings these words, suddenly we realize he's the hope. He's the one we've been waiting for this whole time. God has kept His promises again. So, in Jesus, we see that all of God's promises are true. They are yes and amen in Him. It's a good reminder today, isn't it, that God can't break a promise, and God won't break a promise, and they remain true today. So, as we might question or doubt God's promises today, we look to Jesus as the confirmation that His promises are true. Whatever I'm facing, God Shows us that we can trust him in his son. But as well as we ask that question about salvation, are you longing for a way out of whatever struggles and trial you're going through? Whether it's guilt or hopelessness or despair or sin or death, whatever might be clouding over us, Jesus comes and he says, I can set you free. I can give hope in those situations. He is our exodus, He is our way out. Jesus died, and he knew that later on, after singing the psalm, he was going to the cross in order to set us free. He was going to become a servant, a slave, so that we could be set free. Can you imagine God's people on the way out of Egypt? They hear the voice of Pharaoh. They hear maybe their old masters, and their heart wants to listen because they're so used to being slaves, but now they're free. They don't have to listen to them anymore. In the same way, jesus comes and sets us free and so in when the voice of temptation comes we don't have to listen to our old master but we listen to our new master jesus the one who sets us free maybe when the voice of despair and darkness comes maybe when the fear of the unknown or fear of death comes we listen to the one who has set us free from those fears and says actually jesus defeated death he's taken it all away i don't need to listen i don't need to be overwhelmed because jesus is greater he is more powerful because he has kept his promise he is the promised one (coughs) when Israel went out from Egypt the house of Jacob from a people of a strange language Jesus is the one who is our Moses he's the one who sets us free so that's what we see first of all the promise of salvation how does God save through his promised one but as well we see next uh, God's presence in salvation where is this great God in the Exodus well look what we're told Judah and israel they the same name for god's people judah became his sanctuary israel his dominion god was with his people he was in the midst of them when they were leaving egypt how did people know that um, how do they know that god was with them Well, as we saw earlier they had a pillar of cloud in the day that's god's presence with us or a pillar of fire at night that is god with us he won't leave us he's there and a big reminder to them that his presence his sanctuary his dominion was with them and not only that but God wanted them to really get this even if a pillar of fire wasn't enough in the night they built their whole camp around God's main point which was I'm with my people so their camp was set up and right in the center God says put my tent there your tents around there my tent in the middle what was his tent called it was the tabernacle and so God dwelt right in the center so you can imagine as they unzipped their tents i know they didn't have zipped but as they unzipped their tent every morning they'd look out and they'd see god's with us no way of missing that everything was built around the fact that god was with them he had made um, uh, judah his sanctuary god's people his sanctuary now god saw this oppressed vulnerable nation and didn't just set them free and say right there you go you're on your way But no, he said, no, I'm going to be with you every step until we get to the promised land, until I get you to that paradise. See, God comes close. I'm with you. Now, let's hear that again, but sung by Jesus. He says this, Judah became his sanctuary, Israel his dominion. God dwelling with his people, the pillar of cloud and fire, the tabernacle in the middle of the camp, Jesus is singing this, and suddenly it comes with a a greater depth, doesn't it? Remember what John said in John's gospel? The word became flesh and dwelt, the word meaning they're tabernacled among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory as of the only son, full of grace and truth. God coming close in his son, the Lord Jesus. Jesus singing about Um, God making his sanctuary uh, amongst his people in the wilderness. But Jesus singing it, saying, I'm with you now. The Holy One is here. I am present with you. The disciples singing this were singing it with the one who is God in the flesh. How does God save? How does he rescue? By coming close. By coming near. Not only drawing near, but coming one of us. Becoming flesh. Becoming human getting his hands dirty as it were experiencing what we experience so let's pause and think that through hearing this sung by Jesus do you see what it shows us God has come his presence with his people now maybe you're not a Christian here this morning and you you hear them and you think well I need to ask you what do you make of that claim as you look through the Gospels it is clear that Jesus is doing things that only God could do and we can't ignore that He pushes us to a corner as it were and he says what do you make of me we can't ignore this man who lived on this earth but did what only god could do will you trust him will you follow him this morning and if you are a believer this isn't just something that happened 2000 years ago that god came and that's it but god is a god who came close then but who continues to be close to us remember the got jesus singing this with the disciples and in not so long a time his disciples would be in the room again and they would be fearing for their lives and what happened there a wind came rushing through and on each of their heads something came appeared it was a flame of fire so the spirit of God dwelt within them just like the pillar of fire in the wilderness showed God's presence so in each disciple in each of the Apostles God's Spirit was coming in each of the believers of the early church When the spirit came god was with them not just in the tabernacle in the middle of the tent but in each one of their hearts the spirit dwelling that's why jesus prayed to the disciples he said uh, when he told them, he said i tell you the truth it's to your advantage that i go away because then the helper can come it's better if i go because each one of you can know my presence with you wherever you are and wherever you go i wonder has that truth invaded your life god who is near the God who is close the God who is with you as you look back on this last week has it shown now in every area of our lives God is present the way we think the way we act the way we speak he's with us It's deeply challenging but deeply encouraging to know that he won't let you go and that he is present with you so how does God save him what difference does that make today first of all it's his promise kept He keeps his promises secondly we see his presence as well his presence in salvation but thirdly let's look now at his power in salvation God made his presence known with his people and uh, his sanctuary was there and as a result there was nothing that was going to stop him from saving and rescuing them and getting them to the promised land things that would normally get in the way things that would normally be obstacles too big they were just pushed aside because of God's greatness and power look at verse 3 says the sea looked and fled Jordan turned back the mountains skipped like rams the hills like lambs Well, so look at the first thing there the sea looked and fled what's that talking about well it's the story of the Red Sea isn't it there was the sea in front of them uh, the, behind them was the enemies they were coming to capture them again uh, Pharaoh and his army and here they are the this ragtag group of refugees against the powerful superpower the SAS as it were of the army of Pharaoh who's gonna win in that but when they come up to the Red Sea it looks like there's no hope but what are we told Moses said this fear not stand firm and see the salvation of God look look what I'm gonna do you don't have to do anything I will do it all God is going to rescue you and then he opens the sea up and God's people walk through you see the sea looked and fled you know, we can't do that but God can do it nothing could get in the way and that's not the only time we see that it tells us there that the Jordan turned back so after 40 years of wandering in the wilderness they come to enter God's promised land but in between them and the land was the raging river jordan so what happens well the priests stand in the water with the ark and suddenly the wa- the walls of water come up again making a path through for god's people the jordan even turned back so that they could walk through but as soon as they um, did that they saw nature can't stop god accomplishing his plan nature uh, bows to the power and the presence of God. It obeys. It's as if creation knows what happened, what's happening, and it does what God bids. So verse 4 As they enter the promised land, it's as if the ground itself is rejoicing. You they know their home. This is it. This is what they were made for. Again, it knows what's happening, it's obeying. In verse 5 and 7, you see that they ask the question, But what ails you, see, that you flee, or Jordan that you turn back? Oh mountains that you skip like rams and like lambs. You know, what's going on here? Verse 7 answers us, tremble, O earth, at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the God of Jacob. When God's presence and power is near, the earth shakes because it is so great. It is so powerful. That is the greatness of God. I heard someone illustrate um, the presence of God and the, the earth trembling in this way. Uh, you know, if you walk down the Thames at a certain time of day in London, you can see it changed direction. So, the, the tide changes. Instead of flowing up, it starts to flow down. It takes about 20 to 30 minutes, but that was hap- that's what happens. So, the water, instead of going one way, then goes another because the tide is changing. Now, tide's something that is mind-blowing, isn't it? Why do the tides change? That's because of the moon. As the moon passes over, this huge rock in space <laughs> passes over, it's 230 um 230,000 miles away as that passes over the water kind of has to, the gravitational pull pulls the water with it or the water pulls um, with the moon it's huge isn't it it's crazy to think that the presence of something that far away has such an impact on uh, this world but then we see the presence of Almighty God what happens when he comes near the earth trembles the earth bows the earth knows its Creator Now, let's hear that again, but being sung by Jesus. What happens when the greatness of God is near? The earth quakes. Now, the disciples might have been, as they were singing this, might have thought, hang on, we've been present with Jesus, and when He spoke, the sea listened. We've been present with Jesus, and when He spoke, you know, nature, death is reversed we've been with jesus and when he comes close to illness or sickness it is fixed you know, the very f- the, this earth and all about it is uh, at his beck and call he does what he wants maybe they're thinking back to the time where jesus walked on the water who can who can command water to do what it wants only the creator those times where diseases were removed Jesus did what he wanted. Creation uh, moved out of its way for him. He did it all. Nature knew its master. They saw and they feared, we're told, and they when Jesus calmed the storm. They were terrified. Look at verse 7 again. Tremble, O earth, at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the God of Jacob. You know, as Jesus was singing of the trembling earth, And thinking of what he was going to go through the the day after that he sang this with his disciples. There's going to be a few earthquakes coming up. You know, Matthew's gospel tells us that when Jesus died, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom and the earth shook. Jesus was dying, the creator giving up his life and creation just had to go, uh, just had to respond in the same way as he was dying what are we told about the that the sun there was darkness over the whole land nature creation itself knew what was happening and a few days later three days later when um Mary and the other, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to the tomb what happened with the resurrection yet again another another earthquake as God saves and his power came he was being revealed his power was being revealed nature knew nature had to stop and wonder what is happening the creator the one who spoke this place into being was given his life up uh, for salvation see something amazing there don't we creation had to bow creation had to respond now the truth is still true today that nothing will get in the way of god's plan of salvation nothing can stop him from rescuing his people and when we think of that for us now doesn't that encourage us now maybe we think there's no way I'm going to keep going there's no way I can keep going with what I'm carrying at the moment there's too many struggles too many burdens but the God who would stop at nothing and who nature can't stop he will do anything to make sure that we're safe to make sure that we're with him forever in romans 8 we're told aren't we that the world is groaning longing to be saved well this these verses point us to the ultimate salvation of this world as well doesn't it because there we're told the mountains skip like rams and the hills like lambs instead of groaning there's joy one day this world will be fixed one day there will be no more crying or tears or pain it'll all be gone all the sadness taken away when god makes this world new when jesus returns again so the Exodus that we all long for is the new creation and that is coming and that's what Jesus death and resurrection and get in there you might think is that really going to happen nothing will get in the way nothing will stop him from accomplishing his purposes can you see the power in salvation and that power is at our disposal and working all things together for our good however confusing things might seem nothing can stop him because of his power in salvation So, can you see the promise of salvation? This is all because God um, promised that he would do it, and he is doing it. The presence of God is salvation. He was present there, and he is present with us now. The power of God in salvation, that the earth trembles when he comes near, that nothing can stop him from accomplishing his purposes. And the last thing is this, we can see how preserved we are in salvation. Look at verse 8. Who turns the rock into a pool of water, or the flint, into a spring of water now it can seem like a bit of an anti-climax kind of verse 8 after the the greatness of an earthquake and now we're talking about water coming from a rock you know what's going on here well remember this is now talking about the period between um, God taking God's people from Egypt taking them all the way to the promised land the water being provided the water um, keeping them going through the wilderness and then the bread come in and the bread being provided uh, makes us think of that as well, doesn't it? What did God do? He provided for them every day in the wilderness. He helped them to keep going. Again, why? Because creation had to obey. Creation had to accomplish God's purposes. The rocks poured forth water. You know, they, he, they were sustained in the wilderness. Now, Jesus is singing this. And remember, as he sang that, he, would, he was singing it with disciples and as he looked at his disciples he knew that soon they would flee he knew that soon they would run away uh, when he was going to be arrested and yet we know that he wasn't going to let them go they weren't going to be lost forever remember what Jesus prayed for them father I desire that they also whom you've given me may be with me where I am to see my glory that you've given me he prays that they would be kept he prays that they would be looked after In the same way that God sustained his people through the wilderness to the promised land, between this world and the next, he promises to sustain his people and keep them. How did he he sustain them in the wilderness? Through this living water from the rock, through the bread of life from heaven. Remember how Jesus described himself? He said, I'm the living water. I'm the one who's going to keep you going through this wilderness. I'm the the bread who, if you eat from me, you'll never be hungry again. He sustains us and keeps us. So when you put all these things together, do you see what we're seeing? Nothing can stop um, God's people from getting to where he wants to get them. Nature can't get in the way. uh, Threats and trials can't get in the way. He will accomplish what he wants. And that means he will never let you go. His presence is with you. And he won't be shaken. He has got you and he will move heaven and earth to keep you safe he brought water and bread into the wilderness he didn't turn the wilderness into a paradise there were trials there it was tough but he gave what they needed to keep them going now perhaps at the moment you are very aware that you're in the wilderness yeah in the period you, you know jesus saved you you've been set free you know that one day you will get to the promised land of heaven. You know that's coming. But at the moment it is full of trials and frustrations. Well today let's be encouraged at Jesus singing these words because he says I will provide the manna for you. I'll provide the bread you need. I'll be the bread for you. I will keep you going. I'll give you the water that you need to keep you going until the end. How did Israel get To the promised land did god say right i'm giving you bread for 40 years there you go (coughs) bread for 40 years and you can get on with it no every day there was enough every day there was enough so today maybe you feel like you haven't got the strength to go on in your wilderness that you're in now remember that god has promised to give you what you need every day he'll give you what you can handle and he can give you what you can handle with him Just enough strength to get through. And some days you might need double strength. And he promises that too. He'll give us what we need. The promised one. The one who won't let us down. So maybe today you feel like you haven't got any strength. Look to Jesus. The one who promises to be with us. The one who promises to keep you. He's the promised one. The one who keeps all of God's promises. He is the present one. The one who is near you and with you and for you. He is the powerful one who will move heaven and earth to keep you. And he's the preserving one to keep you going to the end. We're all longing for a way out, for salvation. Perhaps today you're suffering with sadness and pain. Jesus says one day there'll be no more sadness and pain. The despair will be over because I'm coming back and the earth will leap and shout and be redeemed perhaps you feel laden with guilt from your past and your failures look to the cross jesus how he died to forgive us from our sin to cleanse us from our despair perhaps you're struggling with doubts and questions wondering is this true can i really believe this look to jesus the one who died and rose again the grave is empty perhaps you're fearful of death and thinking is there any hope in the face of mortality of, of my awareness of my mortality jesus came and died and rose again maybe we're longing for a better world for things to be fixed well jesus says i can be your hope because one day i will fix all things so let's keep our eyes on jesus he's the one who sang this and showed us what the great exodus really means so let's uh, keep our eyes together remind each other until uh, till we're in glory that jesus is with us he's for us Let's pray before we sing our final hymn together. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much that you willingly went to the cross and that in singing this psalm before you did, you knew that you were going to um, be the greater Moses to take part in the wonderful exodus of setting your people free. We thank you that you are now present with your people. And you will move heaven and earth in order to keep us safe father we thank you we're not on our own we thank you that you haven't left us just guessing and trying to work things out but you've provided your spirit to be with us every step of the way lord we uh, again today say we can't do this alone but we can with our eyes fixed on you so thank you lord help us we pray in jesus name amen well let's sing together with the one who